I think it will. I think that the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform, who is driving this, have definitely developed a kind of a new capacity within the civil service for implementation. Um, they have, you know, good program, what, what I would call program and project management skills. So I would expect that, um, and they also tend to report every quarter or every six months on how they're doing against published plans. So they're setting themselves up, if you like, out there to deliver on public commitments such as they have here. So I would expect quite a lot of it to get somewhere, as you put it. You know. Now, the thing is that the Minister made a point that you know they've gotten better at procurement. Uh, they're working on improving other areas as well. Yeah. So they have made some progress over the last couple of years, but the problem is the civil service is so vast that they're having difficulty getting through it all. Will this get through at all? Well, you know, it is the proverbial ocean, ocean liner to turn around, and there has been a history of, you like, of inertia and complacency and so on. But if you look at the um, the thing you mentioned there in procurement, I mean, the, the, the public service buys billions every year, but they had no professional procurement people. That's a profession. Um, uh, similarly with HR, people occupying heads of HR, human resources all over the civil service, you know, who would have been moved from a job dealing with disadvantaged children or something, you know. So um, a lot of those developments which are well underway are important and uh, will take time, you know. But the problem it, is that all of those people who were moved into those jobs, and this is the problem with the civil services, you got promoted because you'd done your yeah. time and you ended up in a role that you weren't suited for. That's right. What happens to the people who are in those roles now who are still not suited for them, who are still in charge making decisions? Well, I, I, I mean, it's going to take, as I said, time to, to, if you like, gradually move from where they've been to inserting these kind of skilled people or retraining internal people itself. You know, and in the meantime, we're going to have to put up with probably faulty procurement in some areas, uh, very unprofessional HR function in some areas, and so on. So um, all I can say is that the document itself uh, sets out, you know, quite an ambitious program of reform, but it it falls short in a couple of key areas uh, from my point of view, and I raised them this morning at the press conference I attended it. First of all, they're setting up what they're calling an accountability board, and that's, you know, an overarching oversight board which will hold secretary-generals accountable. Now, in their own earlier papers, they stress the importance of that being an external oversight board. And, and any self-respecting oversight board like GSOC or any has to be external. But the membership of that board um, uh, is the, are three government ministers, four secretary-generals and four outsiders. Now, that's as it stands, and I raised that this morning with the minister, and he said, well, it's still under review. So it, it wasn't dealt with in the document um, if you want external scrutiny, you need a dominant uh, preponderance of external uh, independent people. But of course, there was supposed to be this head of the civil service as well, yeah, who would have voted, and he's gone. She's to have a management board, which is a, is groups of civil servants themselves, if you like, <laughs> holding each other account to account, and, and that's as it reads to me in the document. Now, the minister said I was misreading it assign responsibility to this management board. Now, this is a group. Working in groups or as individuals manage the performance and operation of the civil service. So there's groups of civil servants will, if you like, hold colleagues to account. Now, that kind of collegial accountability system doesn't work because if, if, if I'm in a group holding you accountable, well, you'll be on the group holding me accountable yes. next. 
So you tend to give each other an easy ride when you have that situation. Breaking you need arm's length independence to have a, a, a proper system of accountability. Okay, and basically and that, that's, that's not there. That's why I think that they should have gone for ahead of the civil service. All right. On the issue of, of increments, for example, increments, you get paid your increment whether or not you're good at your job or you have you had mm. a rating scheme where everybody seemed to do particularly well and as a result they got their increments. They're reforming that. Yes, they're saying that there will be no bonuses for um, senior civil servants. No bonuses now, okay? But doesn't mean they won't get annual increments. And the issue there... They're quite candid about it. Robert Watt, the Secretary General, last week, about a fortnight ago, published the figures, which, again, has shown no change in the rankings that are given to people. Uh, less than 1% of the total number evaluated received a rating below 3. And once you get a 3, you're entitled to your automatic increment. Mm. So 99.25% of people get an automatic increment as we stand right now and I mean the, the Secretary General was highly critical of managers who are delivering those uh, rankings One so, of the, Yeah, the other line that stood out uh, is for those underperforming to the point at which they're not doing their job and they've been given opportunities to reform and they still don't do their job the perception from the outside is that they don't get fired there's a line in here saying they were going to strengthen strengthen the disciplinary code to enable managers to take more effective and decisive action as required to tackle underperformance including exits now the minister said that people do get fired from the civil servants I'd love to find out how many have been uh, fired they get fired for things like um, theft I mean people in revenue have been fired people have been fired for um, giving out passports illegally, you know, so, but they don't get fired for poor performance or more commonly, they don't get fired for poor absenteeism. But does that mean it's going to happen now, including exits? Is exits, does that mean firing in layman's terms? Well, well generally, up to now, anything I've seen from Mr. Howland has, ten, Mr. Howland has tended to um, not go as far as firing, but they seem to be saying that in the document now. Look, if, if you don't have the ultimate sanction, well, then somebody can settle into quite a, a comfortable life in the civil service, time serving, uh, you know, probably even getting their annual increments with a rating of three and, and getting their pension. That's the problem. And if you talk to civil servants, by the way, it's a huge issue, okay. um, the well, thing of underperformance. And I don't think they've brought yet the necessary edge to bear on that. That would apply in, in, in tougher um, environments. All right. Know. Okay, Eddie, based on your analysis so far, they fudged it on the accountability issue. They don't have a head of the civil service. There will still remain people in positions that they shouldn't be in, and that's going to take a long time to weed out. They possibly might be fired if they underperform spectacularly. There's two groups of people I want to, you to address before we finish up. Number one, those actually working in the civil service who are doing their job and who are doing it well, um, is there hope for them? Are they going to look at this vision document and say, well, here's another one. We, I've had five or six of them no, in my career. Look, and then I, the end, I, the end public as well. Where it's due here. And, and I think that this is a very good piece of work and the number of background papers to this, which are also very good. And I think that if they start implementing this stuff, I think it will represent progress. The, one of the things it did not deal with, which to me is, is the single most important issue, is the, the, the folding in together of the accountability of secretary generals and ministers. And that's underpinned by a 1924 Act. So you can never really hold a secretary general accountable as distinct from the minister. And you saw the significance of that played out recently in justice. Was it the minister responsible? Was it the secretary general? You saw it played out in health. 
Was it the minister responsible? Was it Secretary General? And even in relation to Irish water, who's responsible for this deal that was done in setting up Irish water? Was it the civil servant? Mm. Was it the minister? So unless, until you have, until you uncouple and define their respective accountabilities and responsibilities, you can't hold either of them accountable, really. And, and that to me is so, so a lot of progress, um, but a couple of fundamentals. And I think that they're open, uh, certainly going on the minister's responses this morning. I think they're open to keep keeping an open mind on addressing some of these. Um, uh, for me, they're not residual matters. They're pretty, pretty central. To the and whole and deal, just to finish you know. up, Joe Public, who has to interact with the civil service on a regular basis, we're not going to see any difference out of all of this, are well, we? public generally gets a very good service from the civil service, you know, the social welfare system, um, the health system, lots of, I mean, when you deal with civil servants, guards, nurses, um, people in civil, you know, and the performance of the civil service with reduced numbers. Um, it's when you get to meet them, they're very good. You, you, you tend you know, to get very good response when you physically get to talk to somebody. But, of course, that is increasingly difficult because there's not as many civil servants yeah, as yeah, there was. There's a lot of phone answering systems. I had a whole morning of frustration yesterday dealing with answering phones. But look, the, the civil service has delivered higher volumes of work uh, with fewer staff and you know, cuts to their pay over the last few years. And you have to give credit to them for that. It's a much more demanding environment to work in. And that's why things like underperformance have to be dealt with. Okay, Eddie, in, in fairness to people who are really slogging away, doing a great job, you know. Eddie Malloy, a change management expert, after going through that document for us, I suppose it's a, it's a 50-50 judgment call as to how successful it's going to be. We'll come back well, to I'd you. I'd say it's better than 50-50. Oh, that's, um, that's not a bad prognosis. A work in progress and a good piece of work in progress.